The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Namaste. Welcome to the Conscious Combo Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Pippa Leslie. I'm here to share everything I learn, see, and channel. This podcast is for the conscious and curious beings who are ready to dive deeper into spirituality. I am so grateful you are here. Hi guys, welcome back. I hope you're all well and I hope you've been enjoying the previous episodes on the podcast. Today I am with Holly Marie and she is over the water from me. She is in Australia and you all know that's one of my favourite places in the world. So I'm really excited to talk to Holly today. I've just noticed she's got this beautiful koala picture behind her as well. I've just noticed that. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) I do, yeah. Oh, I love koalas so much. I'm excited to talk to you, Holly, because I know, you know, i made contact with you on email and I've just recently followed you and I think it's divine everything's divine as you know it's divine how I've just followed you because you have some really powerful you know information that I needed to hear the last few days and it really hit my heart where I needed to you know have that information in within me so I know we've just spoken before we press record but can you just tell the listeners a little bit about you and your journey and your journey with spirituality as well yeah, thanks for having me, Pippa. It's, it's always exciting to speak to people from my hemisphere. <laughs> like We're on this side of the world. We're in a similar time zone, so thank you. Um, I'm Holly, Holly Marie or Holly Herbig. I go by a lot of different names. And the work that I do currently is really specialising in human design, which I'm sure we'll get to as part of this podcast episode, but Um, I specialize in one of the energy types within human design and I have a community of people built out around that, which is really beautiful. But, um, you know, my work has been really varied. Certainly my journey through spirituality, like most people, has been pretty wild. Like I don't think that many of us have just a very soft, lovely, sweet, gentle awakening. Um, I, I very much went through a spiritual awakening uh, through my Saturn return. For those people who were into astrology, it was like in my late, late 20s. Um, I previously had a business at that time. I was I owned a big cafe and events business, um, which was super financially successful and the business was really successful, but energetically and emotionally, it was horrifically traumatic for me, really, really traumatic and a lot of um, power struggles and you know uh, emotional violence and just it was a really crazy story and um, through that coming out on the other side of that was really where I had my spiritual awakening because I had no choice at that point I was you know you know when you reach those places 
within yourself where you realize I'm now so aware of all of these patterns within myself that are completely destructive that I have zero avenue except to deal with them. Like I have to now because it's touching every single part of my life. It's touching my family and my relationships and my health and my sense of self-worth. So um, that's very much where I was at. And I, I just kind of dabbled in spirituality to begin with. I, you know, did a little bit of meditation and I started doing a little bit of energy work and it just evolved wherever I found something that resonated with me. I would pursue it for a while as a tool and use that to get access um, to different parts of myself and see what I could shift, see what I could move and see what I could heal. And of course that would lead to an expansion. Um, and I, it's now been just years and years, I think seven, six, seven years. And so this is a very spirituality is just me. Now this is just my, my life's work and my life's expression. Um, but I did eventually move that into being a spiritual business coach I came from a business background I wanted to have a space to teach that to people but I uh, could not ignore the impact of spirituality energetics mindset all those things um, and that was wonderful I really enjoyed doing that until it was done until it was finished for me and I didn't want to be interacting with people on that level and that's when human design came into my life and I moved in the human design direction. Um, and now I'm kind of working on a side gig, talking a lot more about business again, back into business strategy, business energetics, kind of just doing this very direct conversation about business, cutting through a lot of the illusion. So yeah, it was a very windy, windy sort of journey to end up where I am. I love that because it's very similar to mine. I've been on my journey for like seven years, I'd say, but I was 25. And it just went from like, but isn't it funny? You, you, it's like your spiritual awakening comes from kind of like rock bottom for most people. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going through different relationships and I'd left, you know, I'd left a relationship and it, you know, the relationship I left at the time wasn't toxic. It just was, you know, I was, I loved him, but it was just, we wanted different things. And it was kind of like, we, we left in not like in a bad way, but it, I kind of thought, you know, my, my journey was just meant to be someone told me to read the secret. So I watched it instead and, you know, looking, <laughs> yeah. looking back at the secret now, I know it's very basic and there's a lot more layers to, to the secret that people need to know about. It's a good place to start. If you are on, you know, just on your spiritual journey, even if you are deeply in your spiritual journey, just watch the secret. Cause you'll start to see the basics of manifesting. But obviously mm-hmm. my spiritual teacher, Wayne Dyer always talks about, you know, you don't manifest what you want. You manifest what you are. So it's, you know, it's deeper than that. I actually didn't realize till a few weeks ago, Wayne was asked to go on the secret on the movie and be a part of it. And he turned it down. Interesting. I only found That's it really out. Funny. Yeah. I was like, wow. Cause I've, I study Wayne's work a lot. Like I know loads about his family and I've spoke to his daughter on my podcast last year. And it, it, I just, when he told, when he said that, I was like, oh, wow. So like kind of like my suspicions are right because I thought the secret's great. I'm not disputing it, but I just feel like they just didn't market it properly. They didn't go into the proper detail of if you think of an elephant, it'll just appear in your lounge. You know, it's it's more than that. <laughs> yeah. you know, under under the layers of your trauma and your worth and your value, and that's something I've been going through as I've just been speaking to you about Holly. I've been going through that the the level of my worth and my value and what I have to offer on this planet. And we meant to touched on my human design and 
it's definitely something I want to do more of because I like the fact that is it human design is linked to I Ching and there's a few other things as well. Yeah, human design is actually a combination system. It's it's known as the science of differentiation. So basically, it's this system that says this is how you're different from everyone else, which is um, pretty pretty profound in and of itself because every other system that we have for self-development, for spirituality, for energetics is the opposite. It says here's how you're similar to other people. Here's how you have resonance with other people. Human design takes the reverse approach and says this is how you're completely different and you're completely unique. Um, but the system itself is, yeah, it's a combination. It's not original. It's a combination of um, science and spirituality. So we've got on the spirituality side, we have a lot of astrology, I Ching, Kabbalah, the chakra system. And then on the science side, we have um, epigenetics, biomechanics. We've got like a lot of DNA stuff in there. Um, so I, I find that human design has become super relevant in the last couple of years, I think, because there's a lot of different access points into it. There's a lot of different lenses that people can come in and say, whoa, you know, I'm really scientifically minded. That makes sense to me. Or I'm really, really spiritually or energetically minded. I can get access in that point as well. So it's a very multi-layered language. Uh, one thing that's coming up for me now as I think about it is, I think I spoke about this a few months ago, is and you'll probably resonate with this, Holly, is, you know, as a woman on a spiritual journey, we look at all these things like human design, our life path numbers, our astrology, because we're looking to find more about ourselves, aren't we? We are looking for that external thing to find out who we are, why we're here, what's our purpose, what, you know, just to feel bold, to feel bold, like you belong somewhere. And I think human design has probably been the one that actually made me think, it's like the only one that really made me really think that this is actually who I am. Because when I looked at my life path number, I thought I'm nothing like that, really. There's, there's snippets of it. There's snippets of, it's like when you read the horoscope in the, in the magazines or the newspaper that I used to. It's like, oh, Libra is da-da-da-da-da. And I'd look at the Libra sign and I'd go, well, there's like millions of people on the planet who are Libras. And like, so it kind of was generic where like you just said, human design is the opposite approach of, this is how it is. And that's why I think I was really into not the Western astrology, but the Vedic astrology, because that's the old, yeah. old. And that's why I think a few of my friends who do that, I probably resonated more with that. And that's not to say anyone can go out. You know, I would definitely recommend go and get your human design done, go and get your astrology done, go and have a reading, go find your life path number, have all those things, you know, you know, get your moon sign, your rising sign, because it all adds up. But then you know, I just want to make this as like a little statement. It doesn't, you know, you are already worthy without all that information, you know, even though it's going to help you feel, you know, more connected to yourself and more connected to who you are. I want you to say without that stuff, you still are worthy and you still matter in this world. So yeah, human design for me was the, was the one that was like, wow, holy shit. Like that's, that's like, that's to a T that's what I'm exactly like. And that's why I need to do more work on it. I think because it's the one that's going to lead me. And one of the quotes that I had from the lady who did mine a few years ago, she said, I have to follow my bliss because I'm emotional. Mm -hmm. So like, I've got to feel into things. And that's so me. Cause if I don't, I start, you know, cause I'm very impulsive. So I, you know, I find myself doing things on a whim just because, because, you know, because I want to, because it's life. And I think, oh, it's, you only got one life and I don't want to miss out. So that's definitely to do with my human design, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's, 
there are all different types of languages, right? But they're all just external languages. That's it. They're all just outside of us that hopefully give us doorways into parts of ourselves because without language, we can't really access these things. We can't really understand them. And um, human design is definitely a very specific language. But having said that, I mean, I still use a lot of tools, even as a human design expert and a human design teacher, I still use a lot of languages outside human design because sometimes I want that really zoomed out view. Like I want to be like, wow, okay, how how does who I am energetically fit in with what's going on in the collective, right? Sometimes it's it's not great to be so self-focused. Um, but I'm also several years into my human design and you know, those, those first few years, it was just this kind of constant experience of, whoa, that's, I had a very similar experience to you. Like, mm, I resonate with parts of myself with yeah. all of these other languages. Like some of them kind of feel a little bit correct, but it does feel generic and it doesn't feel like it's fully capturing me. Um, and I just thought I was weird. I just thought I, you know, kind of couldn't, like I couldn't fit the boxes. And Coming into human design, it was kind of one domino after the other of like, whoa, that is exactly me and that's exactly me and that's exactly me. And recognizing that um, I and you and anybody else, we're never identically replicated, Mm. never, ever identically replicated. And I think that's what human design captures so well is that it comes from this baseline of you as a soul chose this. Every single element of your design, we've got layers and layers and layers of your design. You know, they can go really, really deep. Um, You chose it all. You wanted every single element of what you've got. And you also wanted every single element of what you don't have. Because those are the places where you've got your conditioning and your wounds and your shadows and you can do a lot of healing work. So I think it does take on this very um, kind of self-worth, self-value journey because then it's like, well, why, why did I choose this for myself? I'm not inherently wrong. These things aren't shortcomings. These things aren't failings. These things aren't weaknesses. I wanted them specifically. So why did I want them? And what can I discover about myself in that process? So it is a, it's a very beautifully healing journey. Yeah, I feel like that's like before you come down to earth when you're sorting out. Because have you, have you watched the Disney movie Soul? Yeah, I love that oh. movie. Yeah it's um it's one of my favorites like when I watched that I was separated from Chris and it was when it first came out and I remember I just cried because I really resonated with it because my partner's older than me and I felt like he had to come to earth before me and that where she leaves when she leaves to come down to earth I was like that's me that's I was saying bye <laughs> to you when you came to earth but I just feel like that it resonated with it because I feel like that's what happens is like you go and choose your personality you go and choose your you know, your traits and your strengths and your weaknesses, because you need to be able to have weaknesses to grow and to shift and to change. And like with your human design, like I always say this to everybody, like we're all so different, different, you know, different blueprint, fingerprints, different voice, different frequency of voice, different skin color. Like we're so different. And that's why, you know, we talked about racism the other week about we're all the same. We're made up of the same stuff, you know, like blood, bone, muscles, like, so I just think it's bizarre, but with, with human design, I resonate with that because, you know, I, I, I just think of it like as your DNA, like human design for me is your DNA. It's, it's what makes you tick, what makes you get up of a morning, it, what makes you, you know, want to exist, exist on this planet. So it's interesting because when my, when my niece was born, I was kind of doing her human design straight away. Cause when she was born, I was like, what? She, and I need to remember what she is. I think she's a generator like me. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think she's. But and that's like you must have done that when you first started doing human design. You're doing all your family and you're doing your partner. And oh like, God, yeah. yeah, I know the human design of every single person in my life, every single person in my life, because um, it helps me love them. Yeah, it helps me love them because I know that I have to love those people in a very specific way that yeah. they are designed to be loved, and it, it it has just a really incredible way of enriching your relationships. It does because you start to figure out why they are, why they the way they are, and because with human design too, like it does tell you about things to watch out for and things to, like it's not all the positives because you need to be able to just one thing with human design with me, it came at the right time because I was ready to hear the things that not were wrong with me. That's the wrong way of saying it, but the things that I need to watch out for, like weaknesses and you know, because we all have them, and being able to mm. just be vulnerable and sit with them and work through them and know that they're going to crop up you know because the weaknesses then kind of move into the fears and that's probably what I've been going through that's why I think I've got this call to look back at my human design because of the the leveling up I did this week you know with money blocks and things like that but you must do a lot of stuff with with your human design women do you work with men as well or just women yeah yeah no I work with with all genders yep good yeah so just thinking with your clients you must you must you must work with blocks like that limiting beliefs money blocks and things like that especially when it comes to human design for like moving forward in their life yeah yeah Yeah, always I mean I think uh, as soon as I stepped into using uh spirituality and energetics in my work I was doing that and that was even before you know I had any of the human design language because it became really apparent to me going through my last business that things can externally be very kind of in place, right? Like I strategically had a great business. All of the pillars of the business were there. Even the money of the business was there. We bought a a business out of bankruptcy and were able to turn it over to um, just over $2 million annual turnover by the second year. So like the kind of all those hallmarks of business were like, it's great. It's really, really great. But my mindset and my energy were terrible. I mean, I was in a constant state of fear and scarcity that, I I mean, kind of on those fundamentals of like, you know, the law of attraction, super simplified version of manifesting. That's what manifested in my space. That's that's what came in. I had very difficult relationships. I had, um, you know, previous owners and investors and suppliers literally trying to steal money, trying to hack our bank account and take money and make threats and demands and extortion and blackmail. It was really extreme. Um, And coming out of that, I really had to have a reckoning with myself to see what role did I play in that because all my actions were strategically correct, but my energy and my mindset were not. And so I was a player in that that whole game um so i really just think that we're kind of at this point globally now as humanity where we've we've evolved to the point where we see that mindset limiting beliefs energetics emotions whatever kind of label you want to put on that they're completely integrative Mm. so any experience that you're having like we have lived in this whole era for hundreds of years where we think that the brain and the body are separate and they're not they're just not. And now we're seeing that, oh, this is all part of one process. And so I actually can't move forward in my life until I work out my shit, like until I figure out 
what my wounds are and where my conditioning is and uh, what my shadow is and what what belief systems I'm operating on. So it's really nice for me to see that evolution over the last kind of five to six years in the online space because I've been able to see how normalized it is now. And when I was doing spiritual business coaching work, I mean, that was 90% of the work. It's 90% energy, 10% strategy. Um, and yeah, certainly in human design now, I just, I do the same stuff, but it's just through a different language because now it's human design gives me the availability to do that really individualized and really specifically. Yeah. It's quite fascinating, really. There's so many things we can look at, isn't there? Like out in our faces about, you know, this, 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 and this. And I think knowing my human design definitely gave me a, you know, a sense of, a sense of self, like a sense of, oh, that, that makes sense. You know, that I could, I could link things together and, but I think as well, like I just mentioned earlier, like there's a lot more to you as well, you know, like there's in like what you can move into when you let these limiting beliefs, you know, kind of, you know, you work through your limiting beliefs because I thought I was doing great. And then obviously then I asked, I asked for the, I asked for the, the up level. I asked to be able to reach more people and help more people. And then, you know, with that comes, you know, challenges, as you said. So it was quite interesting how it happened, you know, with, with, me charging my worth and what I can do for someone I think people listening as well you know it, it all comes down to the fact we all want money <laughs> what what person on the planet doesn't want wealth in whatever form that looks like to them and I sat with that and that's what I was saying to you before like do you think Wayne sat there with his manager and said oh you know you're gonna get paid x amount you know a six figure to to be on this stage to talk to these people for two or three hours do you think he sat there and thought oh I don't feel worthy of that money I should I should just charge less like no he didn't because he, he knew how much of an impact he was making on someone's life so I was like like I mentioned Oprah because she's she's a billionaire now but like you know just in general of these spiritual people that we look up to that are in our space that we follow and that inspire us they were where I was at some point you know working through their limiting beliefs and working through the the blocks around you know what was what was available to them and that you know and it just it just stuck in my head what Amanda Francis said and this is to do with human design and and manifesting because I'll get to that in a sec about the manifesting thing but Amanda you know she said money doesn't give a shit if you're a good or a bad person and I was like it's so true <laughs> like this $50 note going you've been bad today you're not allowed to you know it's like that's what I thought <laughs> and that comes from religion too doesn't it because I was I grew up as a Catholic so I always thought oh I can't you know I can't be a bad person because I'll we receive bad things and that's not to say like you know karma doesn't work like that but I just kept thinking if I was this good innocent good girl that that would you know elevate my you know but then I thought well no I can use that good loving energy to manifest the things I want because I can keep myself in that higher energy so what's interesting is because I was kind of like that you're a manifester as in a human design you're a manifester so I'm a generator and I want people to realize because I was I wasn't confused about it but I thought I wonder if that's because you you know you're not a better manifest than me but because you're a manifester I thought is that because you're meant to lead people to help them manifest more so I kind of thought does that mean you know you've got uh, you know a, a passion or a purpose around helping people manifest and some people do you know some people might do but you know the difference between the two like what was that H how could you explain that to someone who was kind of asking that question 
Yeah, well, I mean, the the very top layer of human design, when you come in, the first thing you're going to discover about yourself is your energy type. It's probably the only slightly more generic thing about human design, but um, most people find a lot of resonance with it. So we have our generators. That's our most dominant type. That's you. So they're about um, 37%, 38% of society. And like every energy type has a role. We all play a role and it all comes harmoniously together. So our generators really are here to get excited about stuff and then you go and build it. You create it. You have this really creative response that says, I'm lit up by this, like this whole idea of sacral energy. That's, that is our generators to a T. You guys are sunlight, right? You're like, I am here. I love it. This is lighting me up. I'm going to build it and I'm going to keep going at it and at it and at it and at it until I master this thing, right? So there's this kind of sustainability in your energy. Then we have manifesting generators, which are at about 30 odd percent. So together, our generators and our manifesting generators make 70% of society. So you guys really are the bulk of society. You're the most predominant energy out there. Manifesting generators are like generators, except on steroids. So these are our people that they multitask. So they want to create, they get that like, oh, I'm lit up and I want to build this thing and I want to create it. And it's so amazing, but they want to do that super fast and they want to do multiple things at once. And then they're going to get bored with it quickly and they'll move on to the next lot of things. So like manifesting generators really are the people who ultimately are kind of responsible for this idea that we have that like you should be able to do 25 different things in a given day because they can and they love it. Whereas the rest of us are like, that's way too much. Like I'm burned out. I can't even deal with that. Yeah. Then we have our projectors. They're at about 20%. Our projectors are really the people who are here to be guides and teachers. They want to they want to guide things into existence. They want to help. They We have a lot of politicians are projectors. Um, a lot of people in the education industry, almost exclusively the whole coaching industry online is projectors. It's just like flooded with projectors because they see things in detail and they want to help. They want to help you. They see you and they want to help you. Then we have reflectors who are less than 1%, super duper rare. And our reflectors are like really wise sages. Energetically, they're fully open and they mirror. They just reflect everything back. And so they feel everything deeply. They process it over a very long period of time. And then they come out and say, hey, here's what we need to know about this because I've felt everything and I've thought of everything and I've healed everything through this. So here's where we need to go with this. Um, And then of course there's manifestors, which is my energy type. We're at about 9%. The reason that we're called manifestors is because our role here is to be initiators. We're the catalysts, right? So everything that has ever been created or commenced has come from a manifestor. It's been a manifesto. So cool examples of manifestors at the moment, maybe not cool, intriguing examples is that with the European war that we've got going on at the moment between Russia and Ukraine, uh, Vladimir Zelensky is a manifesto. So is Putin. They're both manifestors heading off against each other. Um, so you can really see how that ability to initiate things, to commence things, to start things and have a massive impact on people, places, history, 
that can be used in a really horrific way and it can also be used in a really powerful healing way. And unfortunately, like we've got a lot of manifestors through history who did it badly. Um, Adolf Hitler, also a manifester, because manifestors as an energy type have this uh, auric quality. We're the only ones with a closed energy. We have a closed aura. So we exist behind, like often people are like, oh, I can't read you. Of course you can't because I'm behind a, a wall. I'm behind an energetic wall and what you respond to is what I let you see. That's what I make available for you. And you will either be magnetized to that, right? You'll love it. You'll be so into it. You'll like, oh my gosh, I'm so activated. I'm so initiated and all this stuff is shifting in my life. Or you'll be repelled because you'll be like way too much. Can't deal. Too activating. Not available for that. Don't want to be here. So the difference really between manifestors as an energy type in human design and manifesting is kind of nuanced, right? Like we're called manifestors because we have this energetic makeup. We have this defined motorized throat within our body that when we talk, we're initiating. We are making things physically happen when we speak. So when we speak out loud and we say, this is what I want. Like, hey, uh, I want you to bring me a cup of coffee, right? We're actually then activating that energetic experience in the environment around us. And so somebody receives that and goes, oh, cool. I think I'll take you a cup of coffee, right? So we're kind of like making these things happen for us. Um, And essentially, that's what manifesting is, yeah? Manifesting and it's most absolute basic level is an energetic response. It says, I am in this energetic frequency and therefore I am attracting the same energetic frequency and I manifest that, right, in air quotes. I manifest that into my life. So um, I think it's challenging for people to see the difference because we do have a lot of that social narrative around like um, manifesting from the secret very much, like manifesting is you think it, therefore it happens. It's really, that's a very watered down version, yeah? Manifesting is not, I think it, therefore I receive it. Manifesting is, I am it energetically, therefore I magnetically attract that same thing. And so you might find that if you have a manifester in human design in your life, that when you are around them and they are sharing their energy with you, shit happens, like things move, things get activated. And so, yeah, traditionally as manifestors, we do manifest easily and we manifest quickly because every time we speak, we're making it happen. But that also means we have a lot of wounds around speaking. So, you know, always flip sides of the same coin. Yeah, and I think as well, like you, it's like you said, you speak things into this existence. So you need to be kind of watchful of how your your language is too as well. Like that's why I think people helping people in human design like you're doing with your community is is needed because some people can like let you have a human design read and come come away and go great and then go oh crap like uh, you know where do I go from now and how do I access this and how do I process this and but I think as well like for me like the with with everything that you do like I mentioned earlier astrology human design life purpose numbers whatever it is you know the disclaimer I think we should put on it is that you know as you as you explore more of yourself you are opening up doorways to yourself so it's remember that you know you are going to 
have things that are going to challenge you that you're going to have things that come up for you that you know aren't you know will be great will be sad you know all these different emotions may come up because you are kind of I feel like when you get human designed on you unlock something it's like your human design goes yay she she's done it like she knows we've she knows we, you know she knows what we are now and she's connected to it I think like sometimes that's what I feel with human design it was kind of for me a big pivotal moment in my in my spirituality where I thought oh I kind of get more of who I am now and it was kind of interesting for that reason but with the disclaimer of whatever kind of thing you go down is just remember that the things will come up around it too because you are up leveling when you kind of have those readings done yeah we don't we don't get um expansion without moving through what has been previously stopping you from expanding right there's a reason that we don't like every day just wake up kind of as this new expanded healed version of ourselves because to to it's it's this energetic polarity light and dark light and dark light and dark for every power there is also shadow for every healing there is also conditioning and wounding right and we have to be willing and available to look at that stuff and experience the discomfort of it in order to then move through it and have that like breakthrough on the other side yeah what is something you're going, what, like what's happening in your life right now that you want to share? Is there anything going on in your life that you just feel like you want to say, like, you know, you want to share with the, with the listeners? Oh, sure. God, I'm always going through something. Yeah. <laughs> it's always something happening. Um, you know, we just came through a pretty crazy retrograde season and like, I'm not somebody who is super into language, the language of astrology, but I, Found it. I've found it more and more fascinating over the last couple of years how big an impact like planetary placements have had on how we've been feeling as a collective. Um, and we've just come through a two-month period where we've had six planets in retrograde. And so a lot of stuff has just been backwards. It's like, nope, turn around, go back. Go back to that old story. Go back to that old wound. Go back to that old fear in this kind of sense of like, I, but I'm stuck. I can't move forward I can't make a decision I can't get traction or make anything work um and so for me the last couple of months have been surprisingly like really revisiting some old old money story stuff that has come up again and um journeying through into a new identity of money and of course that means a physical representation so like a new level of income in my business but also like who am I as an individual with this amount of money? And is that safe to be that person? Or will I be rejected? Or is that greedy? Is that asking too much? You know, do I have integrity in holding that much money? Um, and the other thing that's come up heaps is relationships. I've been really going back through just a lot of like old relationships, you know, friendships, business partnerships, romantic relationships that you know, broke down in the past and and really hurt me. And perhaps I didn't unlock all of the lessons from those things during that time. Um, and that has meant that over the past couple of months, there's been some current relationships in my life that have moved on. They've dissolved and they've, you know, kind of dismantled and disappeared from my life. So um, I think really like August and September have been pretty brutal for most people. Yeah. and definitely the themes of relationship and money seem to be a pattern yeah, that's definitely. occurring and I'm, yeah. I'm not exempt from that. Yeah, I was very much part of it. 
Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned like old old relationships and friendships because I've had that as well. Like I've been wanting to reach out to some old friendships that I haven't spoke to for years, like just to see how they're doing and then just, you know, like just to re you know, I was doing an exercise the other day about, you know, who haven't you forgiven yet? And I thought, oh, I've not asked myself that question for a while. And, you know, what haven't you get forgiven yourself for? And you think that you have kind of done most of it and you sit with it and then something comes up and you go, oh, I forgot about that thing or, you know, I forgot about that person. And it's good to do those things because more and more comes up that you forget about and they just kind of come up randomly and you think, right, okay, work through that. So that makes sense with me with with relationships as well. And with the money, you know, I think that's something a lot of people are going through. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, what person doesn't want to be wealthy? Yeah, well, it's our social currency. So money, I mean, we've very much had like this story about money being evil. Um, And I think that we're journeying through a place of understanding that that's not true strictly right that um money is the necessary currency it's how we live it's how we exchange it's how we expand and that means that it's available to be used in really bad ways which that's what we have and we have capitalism like money is used in really atrocious ways by some people so um i think that we're letting go of a lot of shame around money and coming into a new relationship with it yeah and that's i think it's needed for people because as you said, if the more richer you get, you're going to be, you know, mirroring back to people's fears and wounds and and then they're going to project onto you. And that's kind of what's going to happen. And it's just to be be gentle with yourself and work through those limiting beliefs as they come up, because they come, they've come up for me. They've come up for me. And I, I just I stood my ground in a, in a loving way and explained and was vulnerable. And that's all that's all I can do. You know, that's all I can do with mm-hmm. with limiting beliefs and blocks, because people love that about anyone being vulnerable and authentic because it's more more relatable yeah it's energetic sovereignty I think that's that's what we're learning individually all as humans certainly those of us who have been on a, a spiritual journey for a while we're learning this kind of reclamation of our energetic sovereignty to say what do my boundaries need to be and where do I need to hold myself energetically? Where do I need to be open energetically? Um, where do I need to release some things? Where do I need to move into some things? And yeah, it's uh, it's really fascinating to watch that kind of stuff play out on places like social media, right? Yeah. Where, where we're able to have these conversations and there there is this removal of filters. And so people will say really awful things, um, but it's a mirror, it's always a reflective mirror that gives you an opportunity to say, all right, well, does my energy require this boundary that I just put in place? Yes or no. Let me reinforce it then. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. So is there anything else you want to talk about with human design before I ask you your last three questions? <laughs> no, I'm good. If there's anything else you want to know, ask me, but I'm, I'm happy to move on. No, I'm interested to probably, I'll probably have a reading, get a reading done with you, I think, because I'll just be interested to get your take on it. Sure, yeah. Yeah, cool. And obviously anyone who is listening, reach out to Holly to have a human design done because it is it is definitely something you need in your toolbox to have as a, let me just check who I am again. Let me just check on my notes, you know, because <laughs> I do that all the time. So as always, my listeners know that I ask these three questions at the end of every episode with with a with a person the first question is if you had a magic wand how would you use it to save our world oh you told me you were going to ask these questions okay um 
I, I think that the revolution exists in understanding ourselves. If I could make it available to every single person to understand at least some aspect of themselves that they can heal and they can step into ownership of, I think we'd have a really radical transformation globally. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. It's a really good one. Uh, what are three things people can do right now to raise their consciousness? Always look at your patterns. Always. <laughs> like, where am I looping in my life? Where are these things that keep coming up? Is it like in my money? Is it in my relationships? Is it in my work? Is it in my health? Is it like, what kind of keeps coming back up into your space? Because that's that's the thing that's saying, look at me. Like, look at me now. We've got, we have the ability to do something about this now because I'm being aware of it. So that's, awareness is always that first step to consciousness, I think. Um, the second thing would then be taking some action on that to move it, right? What can you do to change that pattern? If you can catch yourself in that pattern in the moment, how can you move to a different pattern? And this can be something as simple as, uh, like I recently made a new friend and we were having a conversation about this, um, that he was saying, you know, I, I work too hard. I've always kind of been too involved in my work and that has created problems because then my life goes out of balance and I'm doing that again. Like I've just moved industries and here I am doing the same pattern again. And, you know, I, the point is like catch yourself. Can you see yourself doing that in the moment? Great. Move to a different behavior. Try a different one. Just experiment. If you're catching yourself in the moment saying, oh, wow, I'm really like, I'm actually caring too much about my job. Like I'm placing too much of an expectation on myself here. What does it look like to do the opposite? How can I, how can I move away from that? Can I take a step back? Can I step out and like have a coffee or go for a walk or communicate my needs or take a day off or whatever that may be? Um, and thirdly, I think is like start researching tools. There are just so many tools and the internet makes everything exquisitely available instantaneously like do a meditation try breath work go to a yoga class like dive on in and go to a crazy spiritual retreat if you want look at human design look at astrology look at numerology all of these things are going to be tools and something's going to resonate with you and other things won't so just try just experiment if it doesn't if it doesn't feel good to you discard it and move it on because there are hundreds and hundreds available yeah build your spiritual toolbox up I always say that because it's just amazing to have for yourself and for others yeah absolutely absolutely so your third question is if you had the mm -hmm. whole world at your attention right now what would you say to them <laughs> I am a I'm an eternal optimist I am like very much heavily motivated by hope and I truly, truly do believe that love is what changes everything. Mm -hmm. So if you can find love in something, can you love yourself in a really authentic and true way? Can you love someone else in your life in a really authentic and true way? Can you love a place, you know, or a thing or a community? Mm -hmm. Where can you inject love um, because that is just the most transformative energy that we have available to us. And it just, I mean, 
Could you imagine what the world would look like yeah. if we were yeah. all just focused on love? Really, that would just be well, so That's remarkable. what we all seek. That's what we all desire deep down to be loved, to be loved, because that's what we are. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It's always about love. It's quite a few people, like everyone's answers are different, but it always comes back to love. Yeah. Yeah. It's what we're wired for. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Thanks for those answers. So if anyone was to reach out to you, Holly, how are they best to find you? If you are wanting to get into human design, you can follow me at the Manifesta community. So obviously I specialize in the Manifesta energy type. We got a lot of manifestors there, but we also have people who know manifestors, right? Like we've got human design experts who want to like basically look at us like lab rats. Um, we've got people who are partnered to manifestors. They have kids that are manifestors, friends that are manifestors. So feel free to come on over, um, even if you're not a manifestor. And the latest work that I have been doing is all about business. So really looking at just some very grounded, direct, clear, energetic business strategy. And that's over at I Am Holly Herbig. So they're kind of the two lanes that I'm sitting in at the moment. Yeah, love that. And I'm, I've followed you, so I'm going to be looking at all your stuff and following you now to see what what else you what other magic you put out into the world (laughs) thank you I appreciate that yeah and thank you so much for your time today and for everyone who's been listening I hope you took some valuable information and tips and tricks from us both and if you want to reach out to Holly just please reach out to her follow her community uh, send her a message if you resonated if you've got any other questions send her an email I'm sure she'll be happy to respond and as always please leave a five-star review and share it with your friends and family and I'm just sending you all that love in the universe because that's what you deserve and that's what we all want. And I'm going to say bye and thanks again, Holly. Amazing. Thanks, Pippa. You're welcome. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.